It's time for the Josh Kirby on Sports Podcast. Oh, indeed. I'm glad you connected. This is Dave Johnson, voice of the Washington Wizards. You have connected to the right place because you are listening to my man, Josh Kirby on Sports Podcast. Good evening and welcome to another edition of the Kirby on Sports Podcast. On today's edition, we will look at the trades that happened as the deadline just occurred, and then we will get straight into the Hurry Up Offense brought to you each and every week by Barrett Pest and Termite Services. And to close out the show, we take a look at the playoff picture as it stands right now, and if those teams if we think they will remain in that position or not. It's going to be a fun show. It's the Swiss Army Knife, Carlos Martinez, and myself as Dan Dembski cannot be with us today. It's going to be a great show. The Kirby on Sports Podcast, it all comes your way right now. Once again, the Kirby on Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Josh Kirby, and let's not waste any time. Let's bring in the Swiss Army Knife, Carlos Martinez. What's going on, my friend? Oh, you know, just hanging out here with Sophia, and I finally named Big Blue over here. Her name is officially Betty, so... Sophia and Betty, the two WWE belts for anybody listening on streaming platforms and not on YouTube. Two very pristine-looking WWE belts. Listen, when you when you carry both these titles, like you know, one Roman Reigns does, they have to look good. So you know, they got to look good when they're on my shoulders too. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I agree with that, Carlos. So, uh, Carlos, before we sort of get into the bulk, the meat of our podcast, because we're doing things a little bit differently today, the trade deadline just closed and a record 10 trades. I, I don't think all of them we need to get into, but like just looking through the list, just s- straight off the bat. What were your initial thoughts from the trade deadline? I mean, to be honest, I wasn't the—I didn't actually even realize today was the trade deadline until it was like one hour before it actually closed, and I was like, "Wait, why are all these trades?" Oh my god, it's the trade deadline! I didn't even realize. So uh, I don't really necessarily have any thoughts on it. I mean, some teams got better, some teams got a lot of draft capital. Uh, Dallas didn't make any moves, but I mean, honestly. 
I wasn't really expecting them to make moves despite what Jerry Jones was saying. Uh, Kansas City moved on from one of our former starting defensive backs, but we were doing that so we could make room for McDuffie when he gets back. Um, but you know, I, I know right now the most livid fan base is probably Green Bay because they made no moves to help Aaron Rodgers out. So, and we'll we'll get into Green Bay later on in the show, but Ooh, I mean that I'll tell you that Green Bay performance, and once again we'll get into that later. But I think the most shocking move. Mm-hmm. And I think this is because the Vikings are without a tight end right now. The Lions trading TJ Hawkinson in their division, which I, I think, think was the most shocking move to me, though. I, I disagree. I don't think that was the most shocking move because it's just like, what are the Lions? What are the Lions really playing for? The more shocking move to me was Chubb to Miami uh, no, because that- it's like Denver. Denver is not necessarily out of it, and they traded so much to get Russell Wilson. The fact that they then traded such a key piece away um, despite them pretty much trying to go all in this season really surprised me. But I mean, I could see the, the shock of Detroit trading to an interdivision opponent. Sure. Yeah. I, I, I sort of meant like in their division, not really a big shock in terms of all oh, that was the top uh, trade of the day as it was leading up to the trade deadline, but trading in their division, I think that's going to make Minnesota just that much better. All thanks to the Detroit lions. But again, maybe that's not really a big issue. And the lions are trying to retool, find something else. When aren't they trying to retool and rebuild? Motor city. game. But Hey, he gets to, he gets to, you know, TJ Hawkinson gets to play uh, Dallas twice in one season because he played as a Detroit lion. And now he's going to play as a Minnesota Vikings in a couple weeks. Wow. Yeah. But Bradley Chubb twice, Bradley Chubb. I feel like the Denver defense needed some help there. And I think he's a key addition to Denver. I mean, he, yeah, he's definitely one of, you know, I mean, he, he was the guy once Vaughn left. So like the fact that they traded him away, I, you know, in a way it might be good business. You're trading him away before, you know, and getting the max value you can for him before, you know, he eventually ages out or whatever. Cause I mean, I, I feel like he's been in the league for a while, but he's, he's, he's a good player, but yeah, Denver trading him away was very shocking. And, Maybe it means that they're giving up on this season. I just don't know. But, um, you know, again, they traded so much for Russell Wilson and they, you know, they have all these good, you know, players on the team. It's just it hasn't clicked yet. And the fact that they're already trading away players might not be a good sign. I I, I agree with that. So um, looking at other notable trades, um, Naeem Hines to the Buffalo Bills. I mean, the Bills are looking very good. Another good running back could help them in the mix there. Sure. I mean, you got Josh Allen. So, I mean, it's it's more of just trying to get more, less, like, hits on – because obviously Josh Allen's, like, the main <laughs> running back right now Absolutely. also. Absolutely. Um, so, it's more – and, you know, Himes isn't bad. He's, he's, he's a pretty solid running back. So, it'll be more of just – trying to get less hits on Josh Allen as the season goes on. 
Um, and with that trade, Zach Moss is in turn sent to Indianapolis. I don't really know much on Zach Moss. Did you really pay attention to that one or not? No, not at all. Okay. Uh, moving on. I, I'm not really surprised about this one because it, it, Chase Claypool to Chicago. I was surprised by the location. I wasn't surprised by the trade because there had been rumblings of him wanting out of yeah. Pittsburgh. Yeah, I, I, I heard was surprised that, that Chicago was the destination. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I can agree with you there. But, I mean, Chicago has been a roller coaster so far this year. I mean, they had that impressive win against New England and – and they weren't. They didn't look too bad against Dallas. I mean, they were. They were moving the ball on us. Yeah, was, yeah. We yeah. eventually asserted control over and over again. But you know, Justin Fields looked pretty, pretty, pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah, and I Chase believe he could. It's just another weapon to help Justin Fields when he gets. He's to not the just. Ball. He he's he's the only weapon to be completely yeah. honest. That Bears team is not good in terms of like I feel like Justin Fields has all the potential in the world I I know you know we've seen what he's capable of in college you know but he just doesn't have anything really around him so getting Chase Claypool I believe is the first step in Chicago possibly getting things right it's just I'm surprised that they made this move because they have because you know they were trading away all these key players and now you bring in Chase Claypool after you just traded away two big defensive starters th this past week. Yeah. Yeah. The, it, it, I think it's going to be interesting to see how that pans out because. Well, they're definitely setting up for fields and Claypool to basically, you, you know, kind of come up together. Right. Uh -huh. Because, yeah. you know, Clay, Claypool is only what, two seasons in this is Justin Fields. No, this would be Claypool's third season. I'm sorry. And this would be Justin Fields' second season. So, like, they're they're basically, like, right there with each other. So, it's more of they're trying to build this. They're going to be, like, the like the main focus here, and then they're going to try to build around this connection between Claypool and Justin Fields. Yeah, so moving on, I, I, I thought this was just hilarious. Um because uh, the suspended wide receiver Calvin Ridley Who gets, shouldn't be suspended for as long as he is, in my opinion. Well, yeah. Besides the point, y yes, it, yeah. Well, we all have differing opinions on that. But I think I saw on social media. Hold on, whoa, 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 whoa. Hold on, hold on, hold on. We we can't brush over that because. So you think he should be suspended this whole season for? Yeah, I, I I don't have an opinion on it. I'm just saying Meyer, you yeah. have an opinion on it. You have an opinion on it. Say it. What's your opinion? What do you think of the, do you think he should have been suspended for the whole season? Do I think he should have been suspended? Sure. But do I think it was worth the whole season while a guy, while Deshaun Watson only gets 11 games? Do you think that's, e that's equal for, uh, well, okay. If you put it that way, a suspension, but for the whole season is, uh, I mean, that's sort of, overboard as in co to comparison to Deshaun Watson. That's yeah. what I'm saying though, is that like, you know, Deshaun Watson only gets 11 games. Well, originally yeah. it was only six games. No, I, I agree. 11 games. And then Calvin really gets a whole season suspended just because he bet money on his own team to win. Yeah. His own team to win. And I believe it was against team. the Jets. 
against the Jaguars. He was yeah. getting the Falcons to beat the Jaguars. That was the there. point I was getting to. I know, I know where you were going with that, but I had to take a little detour there. <laughs> it was <laughs> when I saw that too. I I chuckled a little bit. I was like, ah, what a coincidence. So I, I I get since I assume the league suspended him, he still doesn't get to play. So I'm not. No, he's he will not play this season because yeah, the league suspended him. It wasn't like yeah. the Falcons suspended him, but they. My guess is Calvin really just didn't want to come back to Atlanta. Um, I think. I and, think that's safe to say too. Yeah, because it just didn't seem like he was having a good time there, anyways. Um, even before the suspension, it you know he he was originally like took time off for mental health reasons. Um, so I just think he wanted out of Atlanta. He just wants a fresh start. Um, he's super talented. He's young. And I think this is just the Jaguars just adding another piece for the future and to really set this team up because obviously they're not going to really do much this season. We see things go trending in the right direction. Getting Calvin Ridley, another weapon for Trevor Lawrence, who's still in the up and up and finally has a competent coaching staff around him, I think is going to really do wonders for him because he's already got Christian Kirk. You know, he's got Zay Jones there. But now adding a Calvin Ridley, like a super talented guy, is I think going to really, really, really uh do wonders for them next season yeah i mean if he if he stays healthy keeps in shape i mean i would assume if he still wants to play he'll be game well he ready. put out a hype video so it looks like he's ready to play he can't wait to play it's just again he's got to wait a year since yeah. he the nfl is very inconsistent when it comes to suspensions yeah so but other than that, it, just the one funny move was the fact that he got traded to the team he bet against. So other than that, not really any I need to dive in on. I know William Jackson got traded to the Steelers from the Commanders. There were rumors that he wanted out. I mean, just low draft pick swapping for them uh, for mm. that. So not really a massive move there, but the commanders were able to offload some of that cap space with that trade as well, which was a really good move. Jeff Wilson to the Miami Dolphins, Jacob Martin to the Broncos, Rashad Fenton to the Falcons, and Dee Marlowe to the uh, Buffalo Bills to round out uh, all the trades happening for the trade deadline. But I mean, other than that, I mean, not really many eye-popping, earth-shattering moves. The Bradley Chubb one was a big one, but there were no like massive Claypool. Claypool was trade. a big one. Claypool was one that I looked when I saw the notification. I was like, "Whoa, okay." That one yeah. was surprising, just because he's been he he was you know he's the number one guy there at Pittsburgh, and then all of a sudden he gets traded. Even though there were some rumblings that he wanted out, but yeah. I didn't really see it happening. And but. And to Chicago of all places. Yeah, but it, I mean, the trade deadline is a lot better when there is a huge, massive. Yeah, block again, how often? Look, this isn't the NBA. Like the NBA is where like the trade deadline goes crazy. The NFL, it they try to hype it up that way that like things are going to go crazy, but the NFL is just so stingy when it comes to moving big stars that like yeah. you just don't see big moves like that. Like. Sure, we got Claypool, we got Chubb moving, but you know, there was it's just very rare that it's like the madness of like the NBA trade deadline. 
Yeah, I, I can agree with that too. But um, I was hoping something more would come out of it to give us more to talk about. But that, that's, that's what we have to talk about. You, you, you keep falling into that trap that the NFL sets for you. Like, I know. You, you're just a I, homer, the dude. You're a homer. You're, you're a homer. You keep you keep falling you keep falling for the sales pitch. <laughs> I I know and I I know it. And every single year, it's like, man, where's the big move? But you know, but you are right there. When, uh, when it comes to the NBA, where everything happens, the trade deadline, it doesn't really seem that way in the NFL much anymore. Um, it never was that way though. Like know. not much anymore. Like it just never has been that way. Trade de- trade deadlines usually are pretty uneventful and people, they try to hype it up be- and you know, you had Jerry Jones out here saying Dallas would is ready to make a move if it makes sense. And then they had maybe like a five minute conversation with the Texans about Brendan cooks. That's about it. <laughs> but you know, but again, a lot of us were not buying that Dallas was really going to make a move, especially trading away draft capital, which is super precious to the Cowboys. I because agree with we that. draft very well. That's where a lot of our stars have come from. Um, but and you know, but a lot there are some people that really fell for it and thought that hey, Jerry's ready to go for it, and that kind of added to the hype of. This trade deadline was maybe what are the Cowboys really going to actually make a move here? Most of us were like, no, we don't like, we'll believe it when we see it. Absolutely. But the trade deadline has come and gone. Um, 10 moves were made in the, the span before the trade deadline hit Carlos. I think it's time for the hurry up offense. What do you think? Sure. We'll get to the hurry up offense right after this. You're listening to the Kirby on Sports Podcast. For sports fans living in condominium and homeowners associations, as well as business professionals, when you need a reserve study, PM Plus Reserves has been in business since 1990. Their studies are accurate and easy to understand. Check them out when your association needs a study, www.pmplusreserves.com. You can also contact them at 703-803-8436. Once again, www.pmplusreserves.com. Is it finally time to upgrade your home's interior? How about with an authentic farm table made locally from recycled barn wood? Shenandoah Primitives, based right here in Winchester, Virginia, makes farm tables, benches, tables, coffee tables, and a long list of other items for your home decorating needs. At Shenandoah Primitives, function and style are combined for great furniture that will last generations. If you're interested in combining the industrial look of metal with wood or considering something incredibly unique with a live edge, Shenandoah Primitives turns those ideas into reality. Thinking about a mirror, wine rack, or other accent piece for your home, Shenandoah Primitives can assist with that as well. As a local small business, Shenandoah Primitives is happy to work with each client for a custom design or schedule an appointment to come out and view current inventory. Local high-quality handmade items can be found at Shenandoah Primitives. 
Find us on Facebook and Instagram or visit us at www.shenandoahprimitives.com. Once again, that's www.shenandoahprimitives.com. All right. It is that time in the show for the Hurry Up Offense brought to you each and every week by Barrett's Pest and Termite Services. Bed bugs. The only thing creepier than thinking about them is actually having them. Trust me, you don't want to have them. Locally owned and operated Barrett Pest and Termite Services can keep you from having bed bug nightmares and infestations. Call 540-340-3922 to schedule your free inspection and consultation. If bed bugs are already in your home, we'll get rid of them so you can rest easy. We also specialize in keeping homes and businesses free of other pests, including rodents and termites. That's Barrett Pest and Termite Services, 540-340-3922. All right, Carlos, uh, let's start off with the Ravens' victory over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And, Carlos, there's a massive issue in Tampa Bay right now, at least in my mind. I mean, this Ravens team, I mean, they play, they play decent from what I saw, but this Buccaneers team is three and five. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what you really want me to say. Listen, they have been playing at such a high level for the past two seasons. Obviously, they won the Super Bowl during the pandemic. Uh, they had a great season last year where they lost to the eventual Super Bowl champions, the Los Angeles Rams. Brady's 45, and, you know, obviously he's got stuff going on, um, and he's just not all in the way he used to be. In my opinion, he just should have never came back. Uh, I saw no – There's, I mean, I was talking to my buddy on Friday – and he he doesn't watch football at all. He's not really a big football head, but he knows about Tom Brady because, of course, Tom Brady's the greatest. But he asked me the same thing. He was like, why did he come back? Like, he has nothing to prove. You, you won seven Super Bowls. Like, you've done it all. Like, why did you come back? And I just feel like it's finally starting to catch up to him. I feel like he's finally starting to show that he's human and that he's... And just the, the factor of everything going on in his personal life is probably hurting this team as well. And I just don't, I just, I don't know. Again, you can't keep these types of runs going forever. You know, there's a reason why new England kept rotating guys in and out. They never really had, uh, you know, established stars aside from Brady there. Um, and because it's just impossible to really keep that level up that, you know, that they really demand. And I think the wide receivers have kind of let him down too. You know, the, the Julio Jones signing has been an absolute disaster because the guy just can't stay healthy anymore. He never really plays. And even when he does play, he just doesn't make the same impacts as he did when he was in his prime. Mike Evans is he's still he's still one of the best receivers, but he's just having an off year so far. And obviously Godwin's coming back from an ACL injury, so he's not 100 percent the way he was before that ACL injury happened. Yeah. And the defense, for some reason, is also struggling, even though they start out the season fantastic. We can clearly see how visibly for uh visibly upset Tom Brady is getting. And 
I can understand that. And I, I mean, yeah, I'm not gonna throw low blows out there, but the memes are circling around about this. Yeah, the off the field stuff. And I just really think it's starting to affect him. And when that happens, when something like that happens and it gets in your head, I think that really affects you in your day-to-day operation on how you do things as an NFL football player. Sure. I mean, yeah, but that's just anything though. But yeah. For Brady, I think it's more of the reason why he also came back is because this is his escape. You know, football has been a part of his life for his whole life, essentially, you know. And I think the whole thing of not having it was probably just too – it was just too much for him that he and he needs it. And I think that's also an issue that's happening right now is that the, his escape is the reason why all these other issues are happening. And um, he – yeah, I just don't know. I, I don't know. But let's just, I mean, to put it plain and simple, Brady's just not playing at a level that we kind of expect from him. And But the team around him also is starting to suffer from it because I believe they're just not living up to the standards that Brady expects. So, yeah, but, I mean, enough about them. I mean, the Ravens, though, I mean, they have completely bounced back from, you know, the rough start of the season. Uh, it was a good Good, good performance by Lamar Jackson. Good performance from the team uh, in general, the Baltimore Ravens. And, uh, you know, they're, it, it, this was definitely a, a, a big win for them to, to handle this. Because, you know, how often is Brady going to lose, you know, three games in a row the way he just has? You know, you, you, you had to expect him to really come with the fight. And he did for the most part, you know. I mean, they, they only – what what was the final score again? It was uh it was twenty-seven to twenty-two. The Ravens obviously so, had a slow start, came back scoring in the third and fourth quarter and beat Tampa Bay. Yeah, so uh, again, they they closed out the game, which has been an issue for them all season thus far, right? Like even last week against the Browns, you know, they they closed that game out, but it it it's not from lack of excitement, right? Like they they really made it a nail biter. Uh, and it's the same thing here, uh, you know, but luckily they're starting to close things out. So it looks like they're starting to figure it out, which is something they couldn't do earlier in the season against, say, the Bills or the Dolphins. Um, so, yeah, this is this is a huge win for the Ravens and a, and a big confidence booster. And, you know, Lamar looked fantastic. Another huge win. The Ravens get Roquan Smith. Mm hmm. Dan was really excited about that one. Uh, you know, uh, yeah. I mean, he's been saying the linebacking, the linebacker core needs some help, and getting Roquan Smith as a, a huge addition to, to to this Baltimore team. Absolutely. Let Let's move on. Um, I will say, I completely forgot there was a game in London as the Broncos uh, so did I beat the, uh, beat the Jaguars, and I was like. Well, what channel was it on? And I looked and it said ESPN plus. And I was like, I'm so glad I didn't get up and watch that because <laughs> I mean, a London game in the morning, the Broncos and the Jaguars and ESPN plus. I'm like, I'll just watch the highlights. Thank you. I mean, yes, I don't have any issues with ESPN plus. I mean, I have ESPN plus. Well, I, I the, the, the issues that I have are uh, the 
it's just the Broncos, and you know, I just they're just not an exciting team. And Russell Wilson is just such a he's such a tool, man. Like he just truly, I don't like Russell Wilson. I just don't. I really don't. Did you see you know? the ending where he was like Broncos country? Let's ride. Yeah, I want to smack him in the mouth yeah. like every time. Like he's such a corny dude, and just like I'm, everybody's starting to catch on to it, and he's just like completely turned from, you know, being kind of a. Uh, uh, a baby face to now being a heel in wrestling terms. So, uh, you know, now he's just become very insufferable. Yeah. But the Jaguars, uh, fall to two and six after the loss to the Broncos. I think it's going to be a multi-year, um, retooling process. Yeah, No, obviously. Jaguars. I mean, again, the Jag, it's not as if the Jaguars were in a great position to start off with, right. Yeah. It's, you know, it, it they have to develop here. And this is, this has to be a long-term plan. They have to have patience here, right? This is only Doug Peterson's first year. Let him implement his plan. You know, this, this might take three, four seasons to really start to see results here. I mean, we already saw they traded for Calvin Ridley. There's another piece right there. They're going to dr probably draft some, some key guys, you, you know, coming up in these, in these upcoming drafts. I mean, you got to let Trevor Lawrence develop. He's got all the talent in the world but he just hasn't had the right coaching thus far uh, until now with Doug Peterson. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, where this project goes, but you just have to be patient. The Jaguars have to be patient and th they'll see the results. Moving on to a very crazy game. And I have one person to blame because of the Falcons 37 to 34 overtime victory and that is a man by the name of dj moore i, I, I put the whole blame on him though yeah no i i mean he, he definitely deserves blame he, but also at the same time when you really look at what he got called for he was already out of bounds he wasn't on the field and a lot of former refs have come out and said that they would have not have made that call. It was an emotional moment. You let the guy kind of celebrate. He didn't do anything egregious. We've seen defensive players take their helmets off after they've made a big play, like a key interception, run towards the end zone with the rest of the team, do their celebrate, take off their helmets, scream and yell. We saw Stephon uh, Diggs do that after the, the Miracle Minnesota catch, whatever it was called, right? He yeah. took off his helmet and he started screaming too. Listen, the ref just got a little too trigger happy, called a dumb foul, but, uh, you know, at the same time, DJ Moore shouldn't have done it, right? He shouldn't have, but at the same time, it's a, such a rinky-dink foul that it's just like, what the heck? But on, but on top of that, the kicker has got to make the kick. They could have won this game twice. They could have won it with the extra point, and they could have won it with the field goal in overtime. He missed both. So you can't put it all on DJ Moore, but you can. he definitely does deserve the blame because he did put his put you know the team in a – or whatever. He just put himself in a position to get a foul called on him. I mean, that, that, I mean besides that, I just saw that play. I was like, oh, my gosh. Because this oh, game... It was insanity. It was insane. P.J. Walker, you know, like, they were just trying to get in position for him to throw the Hail Mary, and then he just goes ahead and does it with, like, 20-something seconds left. Hits DJ Moore perfectly in stride. What were the Falcons the defensive backs doing letting <laughs> him get behind them? And, and, and 
just it was an incredible play and that they should have won the game. The Panthers should have won the game. But unfortunately, the football gods had other ideas and they ended up losing. And and that's just the way football works. Well, l- l- let me ask you this. Are you surprised this game was for first place? I just can't believe that. I mean, again, the a- the AFC, the NFC South has become the NFC East this season. It's, yeah. it's just terrible. <laughs> it's terrible. Could, could we see another team under 500 get into the playoffs? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I, I don't know. I mean, listen, the Bucks are still there. And if the Bucks eventually figure it out, they're going to win a bunch of games. They have so much talent on that team. Um, the other three, I'm not sure. If if the Bucks don't get it figured out, then yes, we will for sure have an under 500 team. Or maybe, well, no, because we can't have a 500 team anymore. You know, or if anything, it might be just a nine and eight team who makes it. It might be a seven and ten. I, I don't know. You know, I just don't know. This division is so unpredictable right now. It's crazy. So uh, let's move on. Carlos, I'll let you do most of the speaking on this one as the Dallas Cowboys defeat the Chicago Bears 49 to 29. A lot of action. Dak Prescott looked pretty good in this game. He looked fantastic in this game. And this is the Dak Prescott I hope we get for the rest of the season. Tony Pollard, 134, uh, excuse me, 131 yards um, rushing. Um, uh, What happened is three touchdowns. Yeah, Zeke got injured against Detroit. It was a knee injury. Uh, he was. Oh, looking... I didn't see that. Yeah, yeah, because he played. Yeah, I think he he played through it. Um, but you know, also we were not watching the games last week. Remember, we were also at we were at the Baltimore game. <laughs> that that's so, probably why. So that's another because I also <laughs> I also did not know that he got hurt that game until later on in the week where I saw like the news that hey like he didn't practice Wednesday and Thursday. I was like, wait, why? And then I had to go back and look. It's, it's wasn't anything crazy, but, um, it was, and it looked like he was on his way back. Like he was on a positive track towards the end of the week and where he could maybe possibly play. But I think they kind of learned their lesson from last year where a hurt Zeke doesn't necessarily really help the team. Right. And they decided, Hey, if there's any game that Tony Pollard can possibly do well and it would be against the chicago defense who's you know they had just traded away um what was his name roquan smith no roquan smith. yeah roquan smith to philly so like th- that was one last guy there they did still have no i eat roquan no, i'm sorry smith not roquan smith no, he went to baltimore no who's the other guy he was the guy on the defensive line um he escapes me all i know he went to philly he escapes. Oh my God. Look it up while I keep talking. Yes, um, I, I will do that. <laughs> but uh yeah, they 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 traded, you know, that guy from the defensive line. Kirby's getting his name. Um <laughs> and yeah, they decided to give Tony Pollard a shot. He he shined, scored three touchdowns. Dak Prescott looked fantastic. Um, our tight ends are are great, but uh, our wide receiving core is still kind of a question mark just because aside from CD and Michael Gallup, none of these other wide receivers really made, you, you know, an, an impact, but we have to touch on the defense, of course, because the defense really, really stepped up this game and they, they had some adversity because Dallas took the early lead. And then from there, 
Chicago made a comeback because some some things happened. CeeDee Lamb, of course, I think is more to blame for that interception than Dak Prescott. He came up a little short on that route. Um, and then did you get the name yet? Oh man, I'm I'm looking, I'm looking. Oh my god, just put in Chicago trade to Philly. <laughs> I did that, it didn't work. I'm still looking. Don't worry, I'm getting this name for you all. <sighs> Do I have to do? I, I, we can't have dead airspace here. So you talk for a little bit. Let me look it up. Robert Quinn. Robert Quinn. That's the guy's name. There we I, go. It, it was on the tip of my tongue. I just couldn't realize. I knew it started with an R. That's why when you said Roquan Smith, I like went with it. And I was like, wait, that doesn't sound right though. I was like, didn't we just talk about him? Yeah. 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 Robert Quinn, of course, got traded to Chicago or not to she got traded to Philly. But yes, the Dallas defense struggled with the RPO, which they have struggled with before. Mobile quarterbacks are kind of the kryptonite to this defense. Micah Parsons scored a touchdown. I'm going to get there. Um, but, yeah, on that fumble, the fact that Justin Fields did not just touch Micah Parsons and jumped clean over him, didn't even touch him, and that the Chicago team then kind of just stood around too thinking, oh, this play's done. Micah takes off. What do they start doing? They start two-hand touching him, thinking that's going to put him down. And Micah Parsons scores the touchdown. In insanity. Fantastic. He's he's a beast. Listen, I'm glad we have the bye week coming up. And I, I'm, I'm a little in the middle with the bye week, right? Because Dak just came back. He looked fantastic in this game. You want to keep the momentum going. But we have some guys banged up, mainly Micah Parsons. He is a, He's banged up right now. And he needs some time to recover. Uh, Anthony Barr is another guy who needs to recover. Anthony Brown is a guy who also needs to some help recovering. And then also, it's just time for this team to kind of reevaluate, see, like, do we go for an Odell Beckham Jr.? Do we go for a Will Fuller? Do we need anybody? We still have James Washington coming back, um, you know, sooner rather than later. Hopefully with this, you know, not obviously we're on the bye this week, but in that game against Green Bay coming up. Does he come back for that? Does that really help the team? Because, you know, Noah Brown is another guy who who, who didn't play in this game. Um, yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see what happens for Chicago. Wasn't a terrible performance. You know, they they made it interesting against Dallas. They did, and there was a lot of good highlight or, or good high points with this team. Um, Justin Fields looked great, aside from his blunder of not touching Micah Parsons. Um, I still can't get over that one. <laughs> it's it's a tough look. You literally all he literally had to do was just touch him, just touch him, and he jumped clean over him. Um, yeah, no, I mean Dallas. If you would have told me we were gonna finish six and two going into the bye, I wouldn't have believed you. I had Dallas five and three, four and four at this point. I I did not think we were gonna be six and two heading into the bye week, and going into this green Bay game in two weeks, looking like we're the fiercer team and that there's nothing to be afraid of when it comes to Aaron Rodgers. Yep. Uh, I think with this bye week, it gives Zeke some time to rest up too. So hopefully he, well, there's, there's that factor as well as what, for why he didn't play. It gave, it was like, Hey, we, we it'll give him more time to recover. Right. Because yep. we need Zeke. We do need Zeke. And you know, there are, 
you know, Dan put it, you know, sent a, a video from ESPN. Yes, everybody's talking about that. You know, to me, again, if it was up to me, I would start Pollard over Zeke because I just feel like Pollard gives us so much more dynamic plays than what Zeke does. But Zeke gives us those tough yards. Zeke gives us great run blocking. They have to implement the two running back system. We have to have them both out at the same time. That way we keep these defenses out, you know, on their on their toes here, you know, and, and they have to try to figure out who's going to go. And factor in Dak Prescott running and using his legs again because Dak Prescott is a mobile quarterback and he used his legs in this game and we saw the benefits of it. Absolutely. So... The Cowboys over the Bears, 49-29. to 29. The next game, uh, the Dolphins in come-from-behind fashion defeat the Lions 31-27. to 27. The Lions choke away yet another lead. But, I mean, looking at this Lions team, the early start, they looked really hot. And I was like, could the Lions actually pull this off? And... Think again. The Dolphins come right back, and to a two a throws three touchdowns, almost four hundred yards passing. It's like, uh, nope, Detroit. Sorry, we're gonna take this one from you. Yeah, typical Detroit performance. I really don't have much to say. The Dolphins look fantastic coming back. Uh, Detroit's got to they, they they got clearly issues on the defense, and they got to figure those issues out if they want to have any chance of being competitive in the future because clearly this offense can score um, and has the ability to do so. They just have to figure out how to close out games. And that's been their biggest issue when it, you know, because think about the close games they've been in when it came to Philly, when it came to um, really Philly is the only like big game that I can really think of where if they would have just like, they literally just had to close, like if they could have just stopped them and closed it out, they, they would have won. Um, yeah. And this is another example, uh, this and, uh, Oh, see the Seattle game, the Seattle game also was another one where if the defense can just make a stop, <laughs> you know, they can win this game, but the defense has pretty much let, uh, Detroit down uh, has let the offense down. So. Uh, yeah, I agree with that. Um, what's the next game I want to touch on, man, the saints, Shutting out the Raiders 24 to nothing. I don't really have much to say about that one. No, the only thing I have to say is, man, what how brutal for these for Raiders fans. Yeah. And for the AFC West in general, you know, this again, this is supposed to be the division of killers. And the only team that's living up to the hype is the Chiefs thus far. The Chargers are still there, but they have a moronic head coach who can't make the right decisions most of the time. You thought Josh McDaniels was going to do better than, you know, Basachi, but it seems like Basachi knew this team better than Josh McDaniels could ever could. It's incredible to me how this has completely fallen apart. And I just don't get it. I, I really don't. I, I, you have Devontae Adams. Maybe Derek Carr is just not as good as people. I mean, nobody ever claimed Derek Carr was a great quarterback, but, you know, how, how can you not win these games? And, uh, I, I just don't know. I, I I don't know. They have a good, a solid, you know, defense. I, I want to say, I, I don't understand the Raiders. I don't. And for new Orleans, it's a good win. Helps them get back on track. They've been sliding a little bit. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. 
Moving on. Um, the Vikings and the Cardinals, uh, for the Cardinals, it was DeAndre Hopkins first game back from a suspension, 159 receiving yards. No, and no this wasn't, touchdown. this wasn't his first game back. Was it? That's, I believe was so. It last week. La- no, cause they played Thursday, last Thursday. Was it last Thursday? I, no. I heard this was his first game back unless he played last week. Let, let me check that just to I'm make sure. I'm positive he played last week. Let me see. Yeah, I, I'm sorry. Yeah, I was mistaken. He came back last week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Hopkins put up uh, good numbers. The Cardinals trying to keep it close, The but the Minnesota Vikings, in my opinion, they have way too many weapons. Justin Jefferson, 98 yards. Dolvin Cook, 111 yards on the ground with a touchdown, and Kirk Cousins throwing for two touchdowns, almost two, um, just above 232 yards passing. Yeah, the Vikings are legit, and it makes that and I mean, for the Eagles, it makes that win over them look even better because, you know, the Vikings have just really, I mean, yeah, this is their division to lose right now. And the Vikings um, used to be really bad. So it's well, really again, it's, it's good. This shows why you sometimes you just got to get a new voice in the room, getting rid of uh, Mike Zimmer uh who just looked lethargic last season, right? Like it, it proves sometimes to get the best out of these players, you need just a new vision and it has really worked wonders for the Vikings. Um, and you know, it's, it's good to see that finally there's some sort of, you know, parody in that division where green Bay's not just dominating it. And absolutely. Um, and yeah, I, I mean, it, it'll be, you know that they're they're six and one right now. Then it'll be interesting to see how things go. They obviously got to match up with the Dallas Cowboys here in a couple of weeks, so hopefully Dallas can. That might be a really entertaining matchup to watch. It will be, especially considering it'll be Justin Jefferson against Diggs, and then it'll be interesting to see how uh, this defense will be able to contain, you know, Thielen and um, Jefferson and just and Dalvin Cook too. Uh, it, it'll be interesting to see and then see how the Dallas offense does against that Minnesota defense. So the Vikings over the Cardinals 30. Oh, and on the Cardinals. Yeah. Just again, Kyler Murray proving once again, he's not that guy and he shouldn't have gotten that big of a contract. <laughs> I, I really uh, don't understand it. I don't, I just don't think he's good. 34 to 26 in that matchup. Everybody was raving about how this could be the Jets year to knock off the Patriots and they were proven wrong the Patriots 22 to 17 over the Jets I mean competitive game close uh, close score but the Patriots I mean looking here Mac Jones not the best stat line but they got the job done over this five, they got the job done team. because because Zach Wilson just is not that guy either. To be honest, yeah, like yeah, I, if, I was, if the I was Jets would have had if the Jets had a more competent quarterback than Zach Wilson, they would have won this game. I feel like they win this game, but because they had Zach Wilson, who was literally trying to throw the ball to the Patriots at that point, you know, I mean, 
yeah, it's not surprising the Patriots ended up winning. Um, yeah, I mean, listen, the Jets are super talented, but they have lost some guys. There's guys that don't want to be there anymore either. Um, yeah, I just don't know if the Patriots just find they just keep finding ways to win. Uh, but the Jets five and three up until this point. D- does it seem legit? But- I don't know. The NFL is so weird this year that I just can't. I can't tell. The five Giants and three Jets team six- just looks so weird right now. Okay, yeah, and like you have a six and two Giants team that we're just you know you just don't know you just who last year both these teams were you know the joke of the league. You know, so like it's just like who knows how good these teams really are, but they're winning games and that's all that matters. It doesn't matter if they're quote unquote legit or not. If they're in the playoffs, then they're legit, I guess, because they won the games. Yeah. Um, but the Patriots, going back to your point on the Patriots keep finding ways to win, I think it's Bill Belichick because. He's been with the Patriots forever. I mean, he keeps figuring it out. That's the thing. And yeah, he- and it's not always the best. And he's not perfect by any stretch because they have a four and four record. But still, if you have any other head coach in that position, I don't think they do near as good of a job as Bill Belichick does. I mean, Andy Reid could probably do a good job in that position. I, um, I mean, a top tier head coach. I, I'm Andy Reid is a top tier head coach. <laughs> I, I'm Mike talking McCarthy, about- I think might be able to figure it out. Um, who else could probably figure it out? Uh, let me go through the league here. Um, I'm just saying you can't throw any figure it out. Pete Carroll could probably. I mean, Pete Carroll's figured it out. I mean, there's plenty of coaches that I think could figure it out. But I, I just think I just give credit to Bill Belichick in that yeah, it's instance. Fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because sure. the Patriots, I mean, with Mac Jones going out and Bailey Zappi, everybody's like, oh, the Patriots might be on a slide, but they they managed. I and I'm not gonna say Bailey Zappi's like incredible, but they managed. Tom Brady was a pick one ninety nine. Bill Belichick coached that guy to be the GOAT. Let's move on. (laughs) Let's move on indeed. The Eagles over the Steelers 35 to 13. I really don't care. The Eagles are legit. Let's move on. (laughs) Yes, the Eagles are legit. Um, Let's see what else is on our hurry up offense, as always brought to you by Barrett Pest and Termite Services. Okay. Uh, let's get into the late window. The commanders over the cold 17 to 16. Your thoughts on that, Carlos? The legend of Taylor Heineke continues to surprise everyone. The legend of Taylor Heineke. Unreal. In Terry McLaurin's own city. That was an incredible, that was an incredible throw and an incredible catch by Terry McLaurin at the end. That was fantastic. Makes that contract worth it. It's so, it's so crazy how. (laughs) <laughs> how just you just get this feeling with Taylor Heineke that like he's just and I was saying it when he during that last drive he's not going to make the boneheaded decision that Carson Wentz will make right he's not gonna he's he'll tuck the ball he'll run it he, he, he'll make the 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 high percentage pass like the the, the short little dunk just to get yards he's not going to try to force it 
right? Now, let's be honest, that throw to Terry McLaurin was forced, but it was a very calculated force, right? Because, like, you trust in Terry McLaurin that, you know, he got paid all this money. He should be able to win those types of ball. And he went up there and he did it. It just, you kind of find yourself really rooting for Taylor Heineke because you're just oh like, yes, God. yes, Carson Wentz is, is terrible. Yes, yes, Taylor Heineke, yes. <laughs> it, it's it's insanity that like I will literally find myself being like, all right, Taylor Heineke, let's go, let's go. Well, and then when, I'm, if Carson Wentz is playing, I'm just like, man, I hope he fails so bad. I I'm not sure how much of that game you watched, but yeah, I could see clearly on the TV how fast Taylor Heineke's feet were moving when he was getting forced out of the pocket. I was like, man, that's. That's yeah. like elusiveness and it's something Carson Wentz I don't think has. And everybody is now saying Taylor Heineke needs to roll with this team the rest of the way. And I feel like if Carson Wentz gets put back in after he comes back healthy, mm-hmm. Washington is screwing up and making another wrong wrong decision. But Well, I mean, I guess it would depend, right, like how – if Taylor Heineke's just win- if this team is winning, right? But right now they are what are they now? Four and four, five and four, right? Five hundred. I mean, again, they could. They're still in the playoff hunt. Like Washington's still in the playoff hunt. Now, I mean, don't get your hopes up, right? Don't get your hopes up too high. But you know, like they're still in the playoff hunt. Let's say these next few weeks, right? Because Carson's not going to be back for another. Because it's the same, pretty much the same injury Dak had. It took Dak six weeks to come back, right? Let's say it takes six weeks for Carson Wentz to come back. Let's say Washington goes five, you know, five and one during that time. You know, right now they're two and zero oh since since he's hurt it. So let's say in the next three games they go two and one, right, or something like that. Uh, I'm not entirely sure who's left on the commander's schedule. Um, coming up but i mean the commanders had one of the easiest schedules in the nfl so um but let's say this team is just they're they're rolling they're looking good with taylor heineke you can't take him out you know it was one thing for for dallas to take cooper rush out right because we just knew we knew Dak prescott was significantly better and we were very limited with cooper rush but what we were what we were limited to Luckily, we were able to win games, and then also we had a stout defense. With Washington, that's not necessarily the case in terms of the quarterback situation, right? Because it's not like Carson Wentz's arms and legs above Taylor Heineke because Taylor Heineke's come in and beaten Green Bay. He came out and beat Indianapolis, who, you know, are a scrappy team, even though they're kind of a letdown, right? You know, they're a pretty boring team to watch, but they're scrappy. They beat the Chiefs. Um, I mean, yeah, for me... I would agree them bringing in Carson Wentz would be a, is a mistake because it's clear Carson Wentz just ever since he got hurt, you know, that, you know, that season, uh, you know, where they won the Super Bowl, he just never has been the same and he's never gotten back to that level of play. And he keeps trying to be that guy, but he's not that guy anymore. And he keeps making boneheaded mistakes that Taylor Heineke, while a gunslinger, does not make those dumb decisions. So I would I would I would agree with you, Kirby, that putting in Carson Wentz over Taylor Heineke it was probably a very big mistake. If they stay on track, because with the Commanders you never know. 
Um, on the other mm-hmm. side of the football, Sam Ellinger's first mm-hmm. game as a starter. As he looked Colts. good in the second half, that's for sure. It, well, they they fumbled the ball twice or three times. I mean, Ellinger, I think, lost the ball twice, and uh, Taylor lost the ball once. Mm-hmm. So the ball handling issues for Indianapolis, they need to clean that up. Yeah, but other than that, the Commanders. What what a win! And that was a stadium where Terry McLaurin won multiple state championships for his high school and won a couple uh, conference championships for Ohio State. So he's well familiar with Lucas Oil Stadium in Indianapolis as he grew up there. So he uh, apparently he set aside like 70 tickets for his family and friends, and everybody was just so proud of Terry. So. Commander 17, the Colts 16. The next game I would like to discuss, the San Francisco 49ers always find a way and to took beat over the Rams. SoFi Stadium. They, they took always, over. Whose house? Beat. Whose house? It ain't the Rams' house. It's the Niners' house. It, it, it's like the West Coast version of FedEx Field in terms of the fans. Yeah. In I terms mean, of the fans. No, no, no. Because I that stadium looks pretty darn nice. No, no, no. I, I agree with you. <laughs> but in the regular season, the 49ers always find a way to be. They're the what? 10 and 0 in the last 10 matchups? I Something think like so. That? I think it's 10 and 0. I mean, of course, the Rams beat them in the NFC Championship last year, right? But in the regular season, the Niners just have the Rams number. But the Rams also, and now they might be in more trouble because it looks like Cooper Cup got hurt. Um, they're just, they are not that, I mean, this Super Bowl hangover is hitting them hard. I think <laughs> I think they just lost too much and they they gave away so much capital that this is the price that they had to pay, right? And we talked about it. Last season, they went all in for last season. And I think, you know, now they're kind of seeing the the effects of what happens when you go all in. You mortgage your future. You mortgage your ability to be able to continue to be a competitive team, right? The the, the Bucks are, are, are a different case. They, they have this guru who knows how to manipulate the cap. But what, what, uh, the Rams gave up to to be able to do this, uh, to to do what they did last year to win the Super Bowl. Uh, I mean, it, it just can't. They just it's just too much to overcome consistently and be able to kind of kick the can down the road. They they just couldn't, and it it's really biting them in the butt. As for the 49ers, I mean, Christian McCaffrey oh, doing the, the triple man. crown. He runs catches and throws a touchdown i think he's only like the third player ever to do so since 2006 you know the last person to do that Ladinian uh, tomlinson there you go um but yeah uh fantastic a great great bounce back game from obviously the you know the kansas city game uh where kansas city completely crushed them um yeah yeah, I mean, again, this is the Jimmy G experience, right? You're going to have ups and downs, right? You're going to win some games. You're going to lose some games. You're going to win games that you don't expect to win, and you're going to lose games that, you know, you you don't expect to lose. Uh, but so, if it but if it's Jimmy G against the Rams, you put your money on Jimmy G. So I, w- I was thinking about this, too. Up until this point, what if Trey Lance was still healthy? 
Do you think know. the 49ers would be in this position still? I don't know. We did not get enough of Trey Lance to really be able to see what he was about, right? We got the one game against Chicago, which was a monsoon. So you didn't really get to really see it. Then you got a quarter of that second game against, I don't remember who it was they were facing at the time, um, where he broke his ankle the same way Dak Prescott pretty much broke it. And yeah, um, yeah so I, I couldn't tell you. I couldn't tell you how this team would be doing with Trey Lance's quarterback at this point. I just couldn't tell you. Two takeaways that I'll take away from the 49ers is thank God once again, they did not trade away Jimmy Garoppolo and Christian McCaffrey. They, he is doing, he's like a different running back. He's reinvigorated. Absolutely. I I think things got pretty stale in Carolina. And I think he's, he's finally with the head coach who, who really understands how to use a running back. Cause I don't believe the head coach. I mean, Matt rule didn't know how to use him. Um, and also he was, he struggled to stay healthy. If he can stay healthy, he's usually a pretty decent running back, right? He has to stay healthy. And I think, and, and also on top of that, he needs a coach that knows how to use him. And I think he finally has that with uh, Kyle Shanahan. Absolutely. Uh, moving on the next game um, on our list. The Titans defeat the Texans 17 to 10. And if you look here and you see Malik Willis's stat line as uh, Ryan Tannehill was was injured. It was not good. It was not good. And the Texans still lost by seven points. Yeah. Key in part to Derrick Henry with 219 yards and two Mm -hmm. touchdowns. Yeah, that's the thing. You still have Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry's still a beast and he's in prime form right now. Um, But yeah. I, I I really don't know how this Malik Willis thing is going to work. He did not look good. Um, he's still, I mean, he's only a rookie, you know. Uh, what do you really give, expect? Give him a little bit of grace. He's, I he's, mean, against a, the Texans. Yeah, but he's a raw talent, right? Like, he didn't go to a big school. He went to Liberty, you know. It's not like he's coming out of a, quarter, a QB factory type school, right? He's, yeah. he's a raw talent, much like how Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen were raw talents coming out of college, right? And now look, they're the two best quarterbacks in the league. Again, there's my Patrick Mahomes reference. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And uh, yeah, so you got to give him some time. You know, Rabel's a good enough coach that he can figure it out with a quarterback who can't really do much right now, right? And Tannehill comes back next week in that important game against the Chiefs. So um, good win for them. It, It what is their fifth straight win? I believe for the Titans. Um, and yes, it uh, looks like it. Yeah, and so you know, great bounce back. It looks like they're going to probably win the AFC South because the Colts are just a disaster, and so is the rest of the division. <laughs> um, so yeah, not not much to say there. And for the Texans, you know, we knew that they weren't going to be a great team, but we know they're a scrappy team, right? They're just gonna they're gonna make it interesting, but they're probably not going to win. Wrapping things up here on the Hurry Up Offense brought to you each and every week by Bear Pest and Termite Services. We have the Seahawks defeating the Giants 27-13. to And Geno Smith still looking pretty good. Yeah. I mean, what a... What a career resurgence from what, that. What a bounce Gino. back. He, Gino Smith defeated 
both the teams so far that he has been on, he uh, like so. Uh, I think one of the sports outlets posted on social media is the Geno Smith Revenge Tour. Sure, sure. Just I mean, I guess that would make sense because obviously he went from the Jets to the Giants, and then from the Giants he went to Seattle. I believe is how it went. Um, yeah, I mean, who? I mean, uh, they they beat the Broncos week one. And everybody was like, oh, that's it. You know, th- th- that was the important thing that now they're going to, you know, probably lose every other game. But I think what people have totally forgotten is that this team was also stacked and it really shows how much Russell Wilson was limiting the possibilities of this team. And I just think Pete Carroll, this is the team he wanted. He wanted a guy with no ego, right? Geno Smith has no ego because how could he have an ego with the career he's had, right? Yeah. So he's, he's just a humble dude who's just out here just doing, just trying to win football games and doesn't care about the image of it the way, you know, one Russell Wilson does in that tool bag. Um, yeah. They, they And they're, they're a fun team to watch, surprisingly, right? Seattle's fun to watch. For the Giants, um, tough loss. But, you know, they're still 6-2, and two, you know? Absolutely. And, you know, you're going up to Seattle. That's a tough place to play. And that and it seems like the fan base is really behind the Seattle team. And, you know, uh, the Giants have nothing. To, you know, th- they've been playing great football all season thus far. And you're going to lose some games here and there. So n- no shame in, in losing. Uh, I, I don't really have any gripes against the Giants. Um, and, yeah, for Seattle, you know, good for them. I mean, they're competing for a playoff spot, and they very well could win it. That game against San Francisco coming up in, you know, in Seattle, that, that's going to be an intense one. Moving on to Sunday night football as nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. No, the Buffalo Bills look very good. Hmm. The, and and, the, and just, the Packers, on the other hand. Yeah, just don't. They just, I don't know, man. The Packers, again, It Rodgers did it to himself. He wanted that big contract, and what happens when you get a big contract like that and you take that much of the salary cap, you're going to lose some players, and that means you lost Devontae Adams, and that that's clearly been the biggest issue. He doesn't have any good wide receivers that he trusts. Yeah, I I don't I think they're spiral spiraling downhill very quickly. And It'll be interesting to see what happens, right? You know, it's not as if the the Packers haven't ever been in this position before. I believe their Super Bowl season they were four and six at one point, and then they just went on a six game run where they they won every game, and then they just went on to win the Super Bowl. So it's not out of the question that they can turn this around, right? It's just yeah. a matter of is Aaron Rodgers really in that position? Do they have that team that they had that year when they won the Super Bowl? Um, I, I just don't know. But for the Bills, I mean, yeah, this is what the Bills should do. It was a primetime game at their home stadium. Um, and, you know, they they, they had to – they, they got to put teams like Green Bay away, and they did. And – they're a scary team. And like I've been saying all year long, they're on a collision course to face the Chiefs, and that's going to be the winner of the Super Bowl. And um, undisciplined uh, Packers player pushing a practice squad player on the sideline. Saw that, I was like, wow, 
And I, I, I just yeah, he got ejected, so he got punished. So we we don't really have to harp on that for too long. Let's move on. I I saw that. I was like, eh. why do you do that? You know, it he looked cares. like the guy was helping him, but. I that was the one thing I noticed. I looked up after like looking at a stat on my phone. I was like, wait, what just happened? I was like, hmm. but the Packers have a lot of work to do, and the Bills are on a roll six and one. Um, the last and final matchup, how the Browns defeated the Bengals 32 to 13 in a it battle of how, two Ohio teams. It shows how important Jamar Chase was to is to the Cincinnati offense. Absolutely. You that's you all, hit the nail That's on all the head I really right have to there. say to be honest. I don't really have much to say on the Browns. You that you hit the nail on the head there. Um but I don't know, maybe this is just once Jamar Chase comes back, the Bengals could be looking better. I I I, I don't really know, but uh, I guess a good win for the Browns there. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. That has been the Hurry Up Offense brought to you in each and every week by Barrett Pest and Termite Services. That is the Swiss Army Knife. Carlos Martinez, I am Josh Kirby. We'll be back with more right after this. Hey, sports fans. Thank you for listening to and supporting the Kirby on Sports podcast with founder and host, Josh Kirby, along with lead contributor Dan Dembski. Like, subscribe, and give them a five-star rating wherever you get your podcast from. My name is Dr. Dave Miles, founder of Dr. Dave Leadership Corporation. Our company helps leaders build engaged and productive teams. Exclusively for listeners of the Kirby on Sports podcast, you can take an opportunity to discover your primary communication style and learn more about effective communication with others. Text Kirby to 757-903-0743 for your free copy of the Working From Home Communication Assessment where you'll learn your primary communication style, how to better communicate with others not like you, and tips on working remotely based on your personal communication style. 10 minutes, tons of resources, learn about yourself and your team. Again, text Kirby to 757-903-0743 for your free assessment report today. I'm Dr. Dave Miles, founder of Dr. Dave Leadership Corporation, where we help you and your team be more engaged and productive by understanding each other better. Back to you, Josh. Welcome back to the Kirby on Sports podcast. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Breaking news, breaking news. The college football rankings have officially come out. The first ones of the year. Kirby, who do you think is this? This is not old news. No, It's not? When no, did it come is, out? It just came out. Oh, not really? the AP, not the AP, the like college football playoff rankings. Go uh, look, don't uh, look it up. Don't oh, look it up. Okay, just okay. Tell okay. me, tell me who you think is number one. Um, don't look it up. Uh, don't look it up. Look at me. Look oh, at the camera. Don't, don't look it up. I thought you don't said look, look it, up. it up. Don't look it up. Okay. Who do you think is number one? Hendon Hooker's Tennessee Volunteers. Fantastic choice. You are correct. The number one team. Yeah, because I saw that before we started recording. No, so I guess it wasn't. Oh, maybe it's not old news. I don't know. Whatever. Yeah, they're number one. Congratulations, Tennessee. Number one. You you know, because they beat Alabama. Somebody else has to get number one, Carlos. Somebody else other than Alabama. They're probably going to lose to Georgia this week. So it'll be short lived. Wait, what? 
They're probably going to lose to Georgia this week, so it'll be short-lived. Who? Tennessee. Anybody but Alabama, Carl. That means Alabama's going to get back in. They're going to get back in. We already know how this works. Yeah, we we already do. But, yeah, you know, there's goal poster resting softly at the bottom of the river in Knoxville, Tennessee. But Mm -hmm. you know how it goes. Uh, Carlos, we're implementing sort of a new segment I would like for you to explain so I don't screw it up and botch the explanation. So uh, go ahead, my friend. Okay, so we're just doing a little segment of, you know, if the playoffs started today, uh, what team do or, or, you know, we have teams that are in the playoffs right now, right? Like if the playoffs started today, do we think that the teams that would be in the playoffs today are going to be the same teams that are in the playoffs at the end of the season? So the way it goes right now in the AFC, the number one seed would be Buffalo. Yeah, the number two seed, hold on, hold on. Let me tell the whole list. Number one will be Buffalo. Number two would the number two seed would be Tennessee. The number three seed would be Kansas City. The number four seed would be Baltimore. Number five seed would be New York. Number six would be Miami. And number seven would be the Los Angeles Chargers. On the NFC side, the number one seed would be, of course, the undefeated Philadelphia Eagles. The number two seed would be the Minnesota Vikings. The number three seed would be the Seattle Seahawks. The number four seed would be the Atlanta Falcons. The number five seed would be the Dallas Cowboys. The number six seed would be the New York Giants. And the number seven seed would be the San Francisco 49ers. So if the playoffs started today, it would be a rematch between the Seahawks and the Giants. But, so, I mean, I guess let's go through it. Do you, I mean, we, I think we're both in agreement, in agreement, in agreement to that, uh, the on the AFC side, Buffalo is for sure in the playoffs. Yeah, I, I was kidding about earlier. They're a definite lock. Yeah, for sure. Uh, what about Tennessee? Tennessee I, say, was- I, I, say, I say yes, they're going to be the, the division winner. So they're for sure. I think they're in. Yeah, I, I don't it, think Indianapolis is going to make a comeback. Jacksonville's not in it. Yeah, you, you have a good point there. Yeah, they're, uh, they're going to be in. Uh. Kansas City is going to be in. We, we we don't have to debate that. Yeah, we don't have to debate the home of the Chiefs. Uh, Baltimore. I, I say yes. The question is, are they going to be a wild card or a division winner? It just depends on how I'm gonna far say the yes. Bengals. I think yes as the division winner. I'm going to say yes as a wild card. Okay. The New York as Jets. Of right now. The New York Jets. I think the Jets are. Yeah, I don't think I, they're going to be in. I no, don't think so. No, I, I, I'm i not buying the Jets right now. Not yet. Um, That could change, though. The Miami Dolphins. I think the Miami Dolphins will be in. I could see them as a wild card. I agree. Because obviously, I mean, they would have to be a wild card because the Bills would be the division winner. Um, And finally, the Los Angeles Chargers. Out. I think in, but at where they are, I think they'll be the seventh seed. No, nothing. That, that's it. Yeah, I, I mean, I mean, the Charger, like you said, their coach has been. I mean, what, the Chargers <laughs> have a lot of potential that I don't think they're using properly. And Agreed. I, I, I and mean, they're also getting they they get they've been getting hit by the injury bug. Correct. 
that too. I I just don't think I think the Chargers get upset and they get they're like the last man out or something. It's possible that it happens to them again. The, it, it happened last year. Mm-hmm. That's just how I see it as we come so far here. Mm-hmm. So, all right. So the NFC side, I think we're we we also agree Philly will probably be in. Correct. Uh, now, are they the division winners? Dallas is still lurking. So is New York. They're only two games behind them. I, I I'll go out on a stretch. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a Sunday night flex. The cow. Um, no, wait. That that no, that can't work. No. Yeah, no, because are talking about for the last game of the season. Yeah, yeah I, I was going to yeah, say last game that, of the season is Washington Dallas. No, yeah. So, no, it, yeah. So that can't work. Um, so I guess there's no Sunday night flex to determine the winner of the NFC East. I think it comes down to a game or two, um, between Dallas and Philly. Mm -hmm. And that's tough. That's really tough. Mm -hmm. As of right now, I'd say Philly. Okay. I'm not discrediting. No, that's fair. That's, that's a fair point. And I'm not discrediting what Dallas has done, but as, I see the chips fall right now. I feel like Philadelphia is the slight favorite for division winner. That's fine. Yeah, no, I, 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 am not going to argue with you on that. I mean, obviously, it's going to be a tall task for Dallas to kind of catch up, right? But uh, they I mean, could do it. They could do it, right? But what they would need is for the Eagles to slip up and the Eagles have a pretty cupcake schedule coming up. And the only team that can really stop them is Dallas and possibly New York when they play New York. So maybe that'll help if, if those matchups happen and you know, they get the W over Philly, but who knows? All right, let's go to number two, Minnesota. I think Minnesota will be in. Yeah, they're in. Uh, No, No doubt about it. Number three, Seattle. Do you think Seattle stays in the playoffs? You, I'd give 50-50 there. Because, yeah, Geno Smith's looking good. But come week 13, 14, 15, are the Seahawks going to be in the same position? That I, I just can't say for sure. Because Geno's been like a dedicated backup for so long. You don't know if there's a game where he could slide three or four and they drop a couple straight and mm-hmm. affect their playoff positioning. As, um, as of right now, I would say up for further debate at a later date that the Seahawks would be out. I think the Seahawks will be in, but I think they'll be the wild card team. I, I could see that too. I don't think they'll be the division winners. I don't think they'll be the number three seed, but I think they'll be a wild card team for sure. All right, moving on, the Atlanta Falcons. This is going to be the interesting one. I also do not believe, but it's just like, who else? I mean, if it's not the Falcons, it would have to be because Tampa Bay figures it out. They could easily do that. Who knows? It just who knows, right? Like again, the the, the NFC South is so mm. weird. I know. Uh, like you yeah. said, the NFC East of last year. 
I mean, of not, I don't think of last year, of 2020 or whenever. That yeah, was. yeah, 2020 when the whole division was just like, <laughs> here, you take it. No, you take it. No, you take it. I don't want it. Yeah, pretty much. All right. I think we both will agree Dallas will probably be in the playoffs. Yeah, I think so. The New York Giants. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to put the Giants in as a wild card. Well, they would have to be a wild card because either Dallas or Philly would probably win the division. Yeah. Uh, and the San Francisco 49ers. Eh. Yeah, I think 49ers will be in. I think I, they're going to be the division I winners. Say in. I say in. They'll be the division winners. And then I think Seattle will be the other team. Um, And then Tampa Bay. And I think that'll probably be the playoffs right there. Did you see the one stat that the NFC East like could potentially have four teams out of their division. But that that depends on Washington, right? Washington has to pretty much win out. Contingent on Washington, yes. But if that happens, that would be insane. Four teams from the same division. Well, it would be insane because a a lot of people had it that the AFC West was going to be that division this year, right? A lot of people thought that they were going to be the four team. We thought so also. And we see what happened there. They have completely not lived up to the hype aside again from the Chiefs. Yeah, I, I I agree with that, but it would be very interesting to see a four-team division come out with all playoff teams there. So mm. that's just my take, but pretty good segment right there. I, I I think I think the AFC is more solidified than the NFC though. Uh, I disagree. I think the NFC is more solidified because when you really think about it, how many teams did we really change over from the NFC? We just said the Falcons are probably the only team that's really out. Everybody else, we were like, oh, no, they're. I think they're in. The AFC, we were like, oh, the Chargers might be out. The the Jets might be out. You know, uh, you know Miami and I don't know who else, right? Like, like, I think there's a little more uncertainty on the AFC side in terms of, like, who's going to be the wild card teams, but... And I think on the NFC side, it's more of we have what teams are probably going to be in, and it's just a question. And maybe it's the same deal. It's the last like two who we just haven't figured out yet. Yeah, yeah, I I, I can see where you're coming from there as well. But um, pretty fun segment as we uh dove in to try to predict if the teams that are in the playoffs now will be on that path come the last week of the regular season. This is the Kirby on sports podcast, and we'll be back to wrap things up right after this. Hey there, this is Mark Francis of icon real estate. If you have any real estate needs in the Winchester surrounding area, including West Virginia, give me a call. I've got extensive experience, been in the business for almost 20 years and would love to help you out. Track me down at icon real estate, IconSells.com, or even give me a call, 540-247-1527. Again, IconSells, I-C-O-N-S-E-L-L-S.com, and I would love to chat with you and help you out. Give me a call. Welcome back. The Kirby on Sports Podcast with the Swiss Army Knife, Carlos Martinez. I am Josh Kirby. Carlos, what are you looking out for this week, my friend? Well, my first thing I'm looking out for is uh, not football related, 
Saturday at a special start time of noon, live from Riyadh, Saudi Arabia, is the Tribal Chief Roman Reigns, the undisputed WWE Universal Champion taking on the outsider, the man who has no business being in that ring with the GOAT, Logan Paul, challenging for the title. I will be looking forward to watching that on Saturday, along with the many other matches. Speaking of, Anderson Silva lost. Yeah, Anderson Whoa. Silva's old. <laughs> what, what did you think of that? I didn't watch the fight. Oh, you didn't? Okay. No. Well, I, I didn't either. I don't but care I was about like... Jake Paul enough to watch that fight. And also, it's not like we're talking about prime Anderson Silva. Yeah, I, I guess Anderson Silva is getting up there in age, but... He's almost 50. Yeah. Anyways. <laughs> uh, in terms of on a football sense, of course, I am looking forward to that Tennessee-Georgia game also Saturday. Um, but uh, for NFL Sunday, I mean... Only one of my teams is playing this week, so it'll be probably be Chiefs Titans. That might be a good matchup. Maybe. Um, I think it could live up to a pretty big hype and go back and forth. Uh, I'm looking out for the Vikings Commanders. I'll be in attendance. Uh, that will be on my birthday. So going with um, 15 other people, most of them are Vikings fans. So. Every time the Vikings come to town, we get together and go watch the game. So it's always a fun thing to do. We'll be tailgating, having fun, and, you know, it's just a great atmosphere. And I mean, I mean, debatable, <laughs> debatable on the great atmosphere. I mean, I guess with, when you're hanging no, out, with the, no, uh, you're hanging out with your rephrase, let me no, no, rephrase. No, no, no. I think, I, I think, I think I understand it's going to be a great atmosphere with the people you're with. Correct. In the tailgating. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, yes, the fan experience and stuff. I'm not. I, I'm not know. expecting a Ravens walk like we yeah. did two weeks. We already ago. know. But again, it's it's also the experience is also about who you're with too, right? And if you guys are gonna Correct. be tailgating, it's gonna be on your birthday. You're gonna have a great time. Um, you know, you're gonna be with family. You're gonna be with friends. Like, like that's all that matters, right? Like it, and that's it. And hopefully, you're gonna get treated to a good game of football while you're there. I'm hoping, but the Vikings are really scaring me right now, so we'll just have to wait and see. Who knows? Maybe the Taylor, uh, the Taylor, the the legend of Taylor Heineke is gonna strike again. Who knows? But that about wraps it up for the Kirby on Sports podcast. Carlos, as always, really appreciate you and your time and your contributions to this uh, wonderful podcast. We have the opportunity to record each and every week. And obviously, Dam Dembski not here. We wish him all the best, and hopefully we will be seeing him soon. My friend, appreciate you. I don't know what you wanted me to say there. I I I, I did it. You're welcome. I guess hey. I didn't know what to. I, I that's why I, I was given the floor like, to you say. just in case. I was no, given the floor to you only to see you again. You know. Oh, what else do you want me to say? <laughs> okay, we got to get out of here. For our sponsors, PM Plus Reserves, Shenandoah Primitives, Dr. Dave Leadership Corporation, Mark Francis, with Icon Real Estate and Barrett's Pest and Termite Services. Without our sponsors, the Kirby on Sports Podcast would not be where it is today. Big 
Thanks to everybody for tuning in. You can find us on all streaming platforms and all social media platforms, www.kirbyonsports.com. Until the next time you hear us or see us, always remember to create greatness. And we say so long and...